So this evening I'll talk about Dogen Zenji's uh, universal recommendations for Zazen. It's in our chant book on page 73. Maybe we'll even read this at the end of uh, sitting. <clears throat> so if you look right now at your experience, everybody can see the walls of the room. Everybody can see the floor. No problem, right? Even Jeff has no problem seeing that. Okay? <laughs> we can all hear the sound of the voice and speakers. No problem. Now, can you see the floor better than you're seeing it right now? Look at the floor. Can you see it better than you're seeing it right now? Yeah? Better glasses. Better glasses, yeah. You see what you see, right? You see what you see. You see the walls and you see the walls, right? You know, if you're, here, if you're like Alan and I are, we're blind, you take your glasses off, you still see the walls. You just see a different wall. Put them on, you still see the walls. You see what you see. We see the light that we see. We hear the sound that we see. No big, no big deal. So, so obvious. But Fukan Zazengi starts off, the great way is not difficult. The way is originally perfect and all-pervading. Well, the fact that we can see, the fact that we can hear, the fact that everywhere we look, we see something, that every time we open our ears, we hear something, is the foundation of Zazen. It's actually the foundation of our lives. The universal recommended instructions for Zazen begins in that way. Open yourself up, right here, right now, to your own direct, unmitigated experience unmodulated experience, unmediated experience. The foundation of this practice is not dependent upon, okay, I'm going to really practice seeing this floor better. We see what we see. The truth that the Buddha talks about, the truth of the Dharma, is about our own direct, intimate experience unmediated by evaluation. And we can all do that right here, right now. We can all see the colors of this room. Now, if we had a certain kind of pink glasses, we would see pink, or green, or blue, or whatever. In the instant, we see what we see. We experience what we experience. That is a miracle. There is no reason why we should be able to see. There's no reason why we should be able to hear. This is the foundation of Zazen. The foundation of Zazen, the foundation of spiritual practice, begins with our own direct perception of our life. 
So this, this particular little chant starts off, the way is originally perfect and all-pervading. That is, you know, everywhere you look, there it is. How could that be contingent upon practice and realization? You can't practice to see the floor. I'm going to practice real hard and I'll see the floor better. I'm going to practice real hard and I'll know that I'm breathing. It's not even dependent upon us knowing we're breathing. I mean, we're just breathing. So this particular teaching starts off with everything's okay. You know? <clears throat> now, some religious traditions start off with you know, you are basically fundamentally broken. That you basically are have some inadequacy. You have some dark thing that you have to overcome. Buddha Dharma starts off with, isn't it amazing? Isn't it absolutely amazing that we have the capacity for awareness? Wow. That's the foundation of Buddhism, right there. Wow. Now, do we, we don't have to do anything. We sometimes don't appreciate it. I got that. So, Dogen Zenji, in this particular sutra, this particular little fascicle of the Shobo Ginza, this, this reading that we sometimes do, the way is originally perfect and all-pervading. The way is our life. We are all fully equipped with what we're equipped with. Everywhere we look, there's experience. Everywhere we feel, everywhere we touch, there's experience. How could it be contingent on practice and realization? We don't have to practice to be ourselves. Hmm. There's no need for special effort. So some of the Buddhist teachings are all at onceness, that we are aware of everything we're aware of all, all at this moment, that we're, we're only aware of things in this moment, <clears> that <throat> this moment is all that there is, whatever the direct experience is, that we don't have to effort to be aware of this moment. There it is. So, that, as I was saying earlier in a class, that particular insight is the foundation of faith. That's the foundation of practice. Practice and faith is not about, okay, I'll finally overcome all the things I don't like about myself, and then I'll be okay. It's right here, right now. The Buddha or Dharma is about this moment, about being alive right now. It's never apart from this very place. It's never apart from this very awareness. What's the point of traveling around, thinking, I'll go to India and I'll see it. I'll go to the East Coast and I'll see it. I'll go someplace else. It's exactly where you sit right this moment. So hard. So there's a, we had a speaker last week or a week or two ago, uh, Isho Fuji. Uh, last week, <clears throat> um, an old friend of ours, Jab Roshi from Japan, and he was said he kept saying, uh, he quoted Dogen Zinji again, the same guy. He kept saying, 
The Dharma is not some hard, striving practice. It is the entrance gate of joy and ease. It is not this hard, intense, I've got to achieve, overcome, but it's rather an opening. What is? How hard is it to open the light in the room, the sound of my voice, the feeling of your own breath? The practice of Dharma at this particular way, he's talking about it, is let's, let's let go of all of the I'm no good, I'm no good, I've got to get something better, I'm no good. And let's open to the way things are. Let's open to the way things are. We can't travel around to find that anyplace else. It's always right here. <clears throat> so that's the foundation of Dharma. That's the foundation of this reading. Congratulations. Nothing to get. That's what they keep, keep saying. Nothing to get because we already, our awareness itself is a practice. Easy. And yet if there's a hair's breadth deviation, it's like a gap between heaven and earth. If the least like or dislike arises, the mind is lost in confusion. So the practice of Zazen is not the practice of I'm going to do the right thing and I'll get the answer that I want. I'll work really hard and I'll really be a good girl and I'll get everybody to like me and then I'll be happy. Or I'll work really hard and I'll achieve all the stuff that I want and then I'll finally make the grade and people will approve of me and I'll be satisfied. It's actually the opposite in a way. It's not doing When we are holding our attention right here, right now, on this floor, the mind can come in and can make up a big story. The mind, you know, some of our minds remember how we put this floor together. You know, we took the whole thing up and we put down underlayment and we cleaned all the nails out and we took all the edges and cleaned the edges up and <clears throat> we took all the splintered parts off and we chopped off the broken parts and we put the whole thing back together again and we put filler in, and we sanded it several times, and we put layer after layer of sealant on it. We have a whole story that goes along with it. It's all memory. It's all added on to it. Or if you're particularly critical, you come in and you say, you know, look how uneven it is. I don't like it. It'd be better if it was linoleum. Those are accretions. Those are things that we, we add on. And what we're doing with our life is we're just adding on and adding on. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not good enough. It's not right. I don't like him. I don't like her. I don't like it. And the practice is stop doing that. That's what, that's what we're doing when we're coming meditating. We're saying, pay attention <clears throat> to your breath as it is. Be embodied as you are. You're not going to be more awakened if you weigh 20 pounds more or 20 pounds less. <clears throat> so the practice is not so much I'm going to do the right thing so I get what I want. The practice is let's stop doing what's extra. Let's stop 
all the judging, 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 not good enough, not good enough. And we do that, of course, because we have some idea, some picture in our mind, that if I just were a little bit taller, then everybody would like me and I'd be safe. If I'm just a little bit smarter, just a little bit thinner, just a little bit more sophisticated, if I just a little bit more skillful, if I was a little bit wiser, if I was a little more educated, we are as we are. Anybody in, who's been involved with 12 steps know the very first step is you just acknowledge the way things are is the way things are, you know? I'm an alcoholic. Once you acknowledge that, everything is possible. <clears throat> or Reader's Anonymous. I overeat. It's out of control. Once you acknowledge it, everything is possible. Well, the Dharma practice is exactly the same way. Once we acknowledge, okay, this is the way I am. I'm just breathing, I'm here, I'm alert. Floor is the way it is. From that point, all things are possible. But instead, we just confuse ourselves, confuse ourselves. I like this, I don't like that, I like this, I don't like that, I like this, I don't like that, I should do this, I don't should do that. Before we know it, we're spinning around. And the practice of Zazen is come back to the present moment, see the floor as it is, breathe, be still. Listen, be alert, be aware. We can stop that old habitual denigrating, castigating habit. So this all the this whole thing starts off saying, yeah, very easy, right here, no problem. <clears throat> And they say in, in that, that, that people, there are some superior people who hear a teaching like this, and they say, oh, of course. And they have a certain experience of liberation. And then there are those of us who, uh, it might, may take 20 or 30 or 40 years to actually really begin to embody and understand what that's talking about. And so we have practice. So we have practice. This particular reading Continues, suppose you are confident in your understanding and rich in enlightenment, gaining the wisdom that knows at a glance, gaining, attaining the way and clarifying the mind, arousing an aspiration to reach for the heavens. All the great things, you finally got it all together, you finally got it all so that everybody likes you and you're successful and you got your finances in order and you've got your apartment cleaned up and you've got your laundry taken care of and you finally got your dog groomed and your car is taken care of and all the maintenance is done and you've got your IRAs and your, <coughs> you know, all that taken care of. You finally got it all together. Great. You're playing at the entrance gate. And whether you get it all together on a material level or you get it all together on a spiritual level or you get it all together on a psychological level, it's wonderful. Great. May we all do so. May we all get our houses clean for a while. Because any time we, we achieve that level of perfection, how long does it last? How long do we get all of our clothes clean? We're, 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 well, we're wearing them even as we're cleaning them, you know? We're dirtying them even as we're trying to clean them up. So this is basically the saying. Suppose you're confident in your understanding 
I know. You're rich in insight and wisdom. You finally, finally achieved it. Hmm? Or what? Everything is moving. Everything is changing. Everything is flowing through. It's obvious to all of us. We just look around. And so <clears throat> it's not about if I do all the right things, I'll get the answer I want. I'll get the, I'll feel safe and secure. Because there is no place that is the same. No place is dependable. It's all change. Helen Keller, the, one of my heroines from the <clears throat> late 19th, early 20th century, who was blind and deaf and mute, um, and learned how to speak, and she, she actually could understand what people were saying by putting her hand on your throat. And she was able to, to, she learned how to vociferate through vibration. She was a, a, a socialist. She was, spoke up for women's rights back in the 20s, 30s. <coughs> um, blind, deaf, and mute. And she said that there is no place that is safe. Life's either a grand adventure or nothing at all. Woman is blind, deaf, and mute. You could say she could say that. So practice this particular reading here is not about I'll finally have this bright, brilliant, illumined state of mind. I'll finally touch the bliss of the heaven. I'll finally that's great. I hope you all do that. May it be so. May everyone have their heart and see the universal, universal love. May everyone see that all things are in the right place. May everyone touch a bright, clear state of mind. Wonderful. Hallelujah. But it's temporary. It, too, moves through. And so one of the traps that we all get into, people who go to Sashin, people who begin a practice, is they'll have some experience. <clears throat> they'll have some traumatic event that causes a breakthrough. They'll have a Sashin or a long retreat that they have some experience. They see something fundamental and deep about the nature of themselves, of the universe, and then what happens? It disappears. What I tell people is there's a truth that you woke up to that is still there. It's still true. It's just the, the direct experience of it in the way that you encountered it before. That doesn't, that all experience shifts, all experience changes. So, being confident in your understanding, rich in enlightenment, gaining wisdom and knows at a glance, attaining the way and clarifying the mind, arousing an aspiration to reach for the heavens, great. And there's more to that. And our awareness, our life is bigger. Our awareness in our life includes failure and darkness. It includes the wisdom that not only knows at a glance, but the wisdom that it takes years and decades of grinding effort. Awareness includes everything. So the first part of this particular reading is, it's all just great. Hallelujah. No problem. The second part of the reading is, you know, any judgment, whether it be a good or bad judgment, is only temporary and just causes confusion. So calm the mind down and look directly. The third part, the third paragraph, is, is consider the Buddha. Although he was wise at birth, the traces of his six years of upright sitting can yet be seen. As for Bodhidharma, the founder of Zen in China, although he had reached the mind seal, he, he 
need enlightenment. He sat for nine years facing a wall. Even the ancient sages were like this. How can today we dispense with wholehearted practice? So the first paragraph is everything is okay. Second paragraph is we have to stop our fixating on our good and bad and indifferent. The third paragraph says it is still really, really important that we are practicing. We can't just see something and say, oh, everything is whole and complete. Hallelujah. Everything is completely interpenetrated. Great. All-inclusive awareness. Great. Because the mind's accretions, the mind's habits have come back. Before we know it, we've forgotten. We've not practiced. Before we know it, we've gone back into our old karmic pattern. So the third paragraph says, keep looking, keep practicing. In a way, we were talking earlier to Dine about um, faith. And I was saying, and, and people were saying in that group, that in a way, the one thing we can have faith about is our constant effort, the constant movement from our psyche, the constant movement inside of us towards freedom from suffering, towards wholeness. It's always there, always in the darkest night. There's a, an aspiration to be free. In the greatest joy, there's still an aspiration to know more, to be more whole and complete. So the third paragraph is ongoing practice. And what is the practice that we're doing? Well, there's different levels. There's the practice of, I want to obey the precepts, uh, be skillful, I want to learn how to talk appropriately with people, I want to have good social skills, I want to have integrity, I want to learn my craft, I want to learn my particular trade. You know, there's that whole level of things, that whole level of practice. And then there's the practice of ongoing, complete, holistic awareness. That too is a practice. He says, therefore, put aside the intellectual practice of investigating words and chasing phrases, and learn to take the backward step that turns the light and shines it inward. It's interesting to me, we, up at the monastery, we have all these people who are practicing, and they just start reading and reading and reading. And the weekend, they go in, they read, and they read, and they read, and they just try, and they, they, we, we mistake understanding for experience. We mistake understanding. We read, oh, I understand that. But then it actually comes out to how do we live, we can't live that way. I, this, I was telling somebody earlier, this is my terrible trap in, in college. There's many colleges. Terrible trap. I would listen to a lecture. And, oh, I understand that. Of course, it's obvious. I got that. Oh, yeah. And I mistook understanding for really knowing the material. So, you know, I was very confident, very confident listener, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't give the material back in a creative way. I didn't really understand the material. I just I didn't really know the material in my being. I just understood it with my head. So when we're doing zazen, it's not about, okay, I finally figured out all these sutras, I finally figured out all this doctrine, I mean, so what? You know, the, all the doctrines of Buddhism, all the sixes of this and the eights of that and the twelves of this, they're not important. I mean, they're important at a certain level, you can use them at a certain level, and they're upaya, they're skillful means. But for this fundamental freedom, they're not important. It's not important what we know important who we are. It's not important what we understand this way. It's important how is our heart engaged. He says, 
Put aside the intellectual practice of investigating words and chasing phrases. What does that mean? It means reading. Stop depending upon reading. Take the backward step. What is it that's aware? What is it that reads? What is it that knows? What is it that understands? I was talking to somebody earlier saying consciousness itself is an accretion. We tend to think that we are our thoughts, so we are our emotions, but actually that which is aware of thought and emotion is larger than that. Take the backward step. Body and mind of themselves will drop away and your original face will manifest. You want such a thing, go to work on it immediately. And then he goes through some particular things about Zazen. Interesting. So we'll, we'll uh, read this uh, for our evening sutra tonight. We're, that's what they're doing up at the monastery right now. And everything in any sutra, in any chant, is all about practice and experience. It's never about, okay, if you finally figure out how this word fits with that word, you finally figure out the dictionary meaning of this, then you somehow gotten superior. You can quote scripture as though it meant something. Every single bit of the, the Buddha Dharma teaching is about pointing at direct experience of our own being. Because what else? What is the other touch? What is the touchstone of our life? It's not about anybody else. The touchstone of our life is our own breath and the own movement of our own, own liveliness, awareness right here. So we'll read the rest of this, and you can you know, uh, do exactly what I did with those first few paragraphs. You can do it with the rest of the rest of the uh, little reading. Please, honored followers of Zen, that means us, long accustomed to groping for the elephant. And, you know, the, that, that refers to the, the story of all the, <clears throat> all the uh, Indian, Indians who heard about an elephant and they were all blind and they went out to discover what the elephant was like and one of them felt its trunk, one of them felt its leg, one of them felt its tail, one of them felt its belly, one of them felt its skin, ears, tusks, and they all saw something different. Long accustomed to groping at all the differences, groping at all the changes. Long accustomed to groping and trying to kind of figure everything out. Don't doubt the true dragon of your own being. That's what it means. The true dragon of your own being. The true dragon of your own mind. The true dragon of your own awareness. The true dragon of your own all-inclusive life. Devote your energies to the way that points directly to the real thing. Revere the one who has gone beyond learning and is free from effort. That's your life. According to the enlightenment of all the Buddhas, succeed to the samadhi. Samadhi just means the concentration, the focused, the flow of all the ancestors. Continue to live in such a way and you will be such a person. The treasure storehouse, that is the treasure storehouse of your own heart, will open of itself, and you can enjoy it freely. That's how it ends. <clears throat>